Hello and welcome back to another episode of Digs and Distance Football Podcast. Uh, today we're going to recap the Gopher-Wisconsin game with Scott Fuller. Also go over the Viking-Seahawks game. Um, and then as always we will do our NFL pick segment as well. Um, I'm going to get Scott on the phone here. Um, I'm also going to start my Facebook Live here in a second. Hello and welcome back to Digs and Distance. I'm just starting the uh, Facebook Live part of this. Um, and today we're going to recap the Gopher-Wisconsin game as well as the Viking-Seahawks game. And as always, do our NFL pick segment. Um, I'm going to get Scott Fuller on the phone quick. And uh, we'll hash some stuff out, so... Hey Scott, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for coming on again as always. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. So, let's start with the big letdown, I guess, against Wisconsin. Um, you were at that game, correct? I was, yeah, I'm still falling out. Yeah. So, I, I was at a family uh, friend's wedding that day, so... I watched a few highlights, but really haven't watched the game yet. Um, so I just, you know, you're going to be able to talk more about that than me, but just what it was like being there and, you know, how the game went down and all that. I know we scored super early, and, it, you know, I'm sure there was some excitement after that, but then it sure turned around in a hurry the wrong way. So uh, just wondering what your thoughts were. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how it went. Um, you thought we were off to a good start there, that big, long passing touchdown. And um, a bit surprising as the game went on, too, that neither team was running the ball well. You know, the concern for the Gophers was stopping that run game of Wisconsin. And they never really established that, at least in the first half. But as the end of the first half wore down, you start, you start to see the steam go out of the, the engine of the Gopher offense a little bit. And then it was just, I think, just a thing of attrition after that, um, from what I saw. It was just, you know, uh, we ran out of gas. We're, we're not used to being in that game yet. And there was a time in the second half, especially in that third quarter, when P.J. and his staff were just straight up outcoached yep. by their, their counterparts. And it was nice to hear... Um, I didn't hear him say it, but I heard he did address that. It, it was nice to hear him, PJ, own up to that a little bit in his comments after the game. But, I mean, a, a prime example that, that we just, you know, was maybe easier for us to see in person than on TV was a third-quarter kickoff where Wisconsin ran that reverse. You could see uh, you could see PJ kind of loading the left side of the kick coverage. And he sent a couple of gunners actually behind the kick the kicker, 
and you know, and flow, flowing that left side, and that's fine until they reverse it and go the other way, and that set up a big touchdown drive. And actually, the short touchdown run there in the red zone was some misdirection as well. Pretty simple stuff, but I mean, that's the the kind of thing that experience is going to help PJ with going forward. Right. You know, Wisconsin knew they clearly identified that as something they could exploit throughout the game, but you know, it's one beyond that too. They knew exactly when they wanted to pull it out. And it, that was really the end of it. I mean, that was that would turn out to be the end of the game. So right. um, the Gophers are, are just as talented, I, I still think, as the Badgers. But okay. when you get to that level, you know, that was basically a conference playoff game. Um, they were just, you know, we were, we're not used to being in that stage. So right. we've got that experience, and they're going to be pretty good next year. Uh, so that they're going to be all the better for having had that big game, Big Ten conference playoff experience yeah exactly and i was looking at the schedule for next year i was reading a interesting article um that i found talking about whether next year's schedule is that much tougher than this year's um because they do play michigan next year they also play michigan state so they have a you know a couple tougher games but you know, Michigan it will be similar to, like, the Penn State game this we had this year, so really not much different there. The big difference is Michigan State essentially takes the place of Rutgers, you know, who wasn't very good at all. Um, so that'll be the tougher one, but we also play seven of the same opponents we did this year. You know, so even though they do have a couple tougher games, they – you know, I think can continue to build and hopefully have a good year next year too. But what I'm curious about at this point, you know, it sucks they had the performance they did, but um, they can learn from it, you know, hopefully get that chance again down the road. But I am curious to see what bowl game they'll end up in and who they'll end up playing. That'll be fun to watch. So, Yeah, we'll know obviously on Monday or so. It'll be a big one. It's going to be a New Year's Day game or better. Right. And it's probably going to be against a pretty big program. Yeah. Um, the, the rumor is, you know, an SEC school. I, to be honest, I'm less concerned with that. Like, I'll watch, and it'll be fun to watch, and hopefully they win. But the real – what you build your program for was that Wisconsin situation. Right. You know, so now that they've lost in a big game um, – They'll play another big game, and that's great for the players and the coaches in the school. But, you know, really, hopefully we can more or less pick up at the start of next season where we left off this year. And, you know, starting with a non-con schedule as opposed to the start of this year where we were playing down some of these teams maybe, you know, act like we've been there. You can't just show up at that level and expect to win your first time. You right. know, the Gophers have been pretty mediocre for several decades. So, um you know, hopefully they're right more or less back to this level next year. I'm hoping the same thing for the Twins. You know, it's the same kind of thinking. Absolutely. You show, you, you've been there, and now now you know what it's like to be there, and you can, you know, you, you've got that experience. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and talking about the non-conference schedule just for a minute, they, <clears throat> you know, Fresno State was supposed to be a lot better than they finished the year. They were a top 25 team. At the start of the year and finish four and eight. So, you know, it looked like it was a tougher game at the time than it ended up being at the end of the year. But we do play Florida Atlantic next year, which will be interesting to watch. 
because um, they're coming off a couple pretty good years, although now all signs point to Lane Kiffin leaving for Ole Miss. Uh, so they'll be looking for a new coach, but it's a program that he built up pretty good. So that'll be an interesting non-conference game next year, I think, just to see how they do in that one. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's, um, it, it, it is what it is. I just hope, um, I, I, I hope that this was a step, a step in the, the stepping stone. You know, I, I hope this wasn't a fluke. Yeah. And I, I believe in PJ as a football coach. And I've, I've told you many times, he's just not a Big Ten coach yet. And this is part of that. This is part of that learning experience. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, he's got the Wisconsin win last year. And he's got the Penn State win this year, and those are his two big wins. Right. But you don't get the big wins without some big losses along the way, too. So if he sticks it out, and if if we as Gopher fans maybe stay patient through some rough patches that might be coming up, then I think you know if he's here for 10 years, we're going to end up in a much better place than we were last year and more, more years like this than more years like last season. Oh, yeah. I mean, we just – you know, and some of the guys he's brought with them, too, have obviously turned out to be <clears throat> some of our best players. You know, Rashad Bateman, if Fleck wasn't here, probably wouldn't be here. And he got named Big Ten Receiver of the Year. <coughs> Excuse me. Antoine Winfield Jr., he did some recruiting just to keep him here after the scandal and how the university handled that. Um so, you know, he did some, I've heard him talk about that on TV too, um, that he did some recruiting just to keep him here. And, you know, he's been obviously pretty much our stud on defense. Well, one of them, we got a couple pretty good ones. Um, and then Tanner Morgan, you know, had a pretty dang good sophomore year. Um, so, you know, they have a lot to build on, and some of these guys, you know, hopefully will be here a couple more years, too. So, um, and he's shown, you know, obviously he can recruit, and I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. I think he'll be able to continue that, um, as he's been known to do. So, it'll be fun to watch. Um, like you said, if he sticks it out long, you know, for a few years or whatever, which I still think he might, um, you know, it'll be fun to see where they end up, you know, even a few years from now. I'm obviously enjoying still the year they had this year, even with the loss to Wisconsin. And, you know, if they play a SEC team like they're being rumored to play in a bowl game, you know, in Auburn or Alabama, potentially, just depending what you believe, uh, you know, that could potentially be a recruiting game too, um, you know, depending who you play, if you're able to beat you know, an SEC team. So uh, it'll be fun to watch where they end up going and who they play. Yeah, at least it's something to look forward to next year. Like, usually we're kind of hoping for a 500 season and a bowl game at the end of the year is considered a success by recent history standards for the Gophers. Now we can start to – I think we can have – just like with the Twins, we can have a reasonable expectation that they can make a run at the division championship next year. We can have a – reasonable expectation that the Big Ten West, the Gophers, can be in the conversation again next year. Right. Yep, absolutely. Um, I agree with that 100%. So, um, and I still think, you know, we have some good young running backs, too, that'll 
fill some of that void, you know, when Shannon Brooks and Rodney Smith graduate. But, you know, Muhammad Ibrahim's been pretty good as a third back. They also have Williamson, you know, who played at uh, Owatonna um, and got hurt this year, you know, before they ever played a game. So he was out for the year. But they got a couple of recruits, too, that are supposed to be pretty good at running back. So I think they could continue to continue to have a decent running game, too, especially with the size of the offensive line they have. Well, just in general, from what I've heard, kind of rumored so far, um, but PJ seems to be doing a better job in-state recruiting than even Jerry Kill did. Um, just even taking flyers on guys. Here's a guy at Austin High School who's a senior this year, had a really quiet, great year on the interior defensive line, and they offered him a walk-on scholarship. Okay. He's got a he's got a uh, he's got a ride somewhere else as well. I think uh, Mankato, if I'm not mistaken, but but he might choose to go the Gopher route too. But you know, not not saying you know he's that that's going to work out. But the Gophers need to do a better job of in-state recruiting because it's so hard to get kids to come here from elsewhere because of the weather. Because if they're from a small town, sometimes the metro is a negative for them. It's it's always been a difficult place to recruit to historically, but I think some of that is the weather, et cetera. I also think we haven't we haven't had the best recruiting coaches over the last 20, 30 years either. So if PJ is able to to tap better into the Dakotas and Minnesota and maybe even Iowa um, than we have in years past, that'd be great too. There's there's a lot of talent. You know, there's not top tier nationwide talent necessarily year after year in Minnesota, but there are plenty of good kids to, to play at the Big Ten level in the state. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's got a few of those already. Also, you know, more than I remember other coaches from us getting anyway. He's gotten a few kids from the southern states too, which, of course, there's always big competition for those guys down south. So uh, he's definitely doing a good job recruiting. There's, which I think you need to, because like you said, with the weather, you need to, and everything else, you need to make it up somehow. And I think his recruiting ability and the passion he brings, you know, helps uh, even that out a little bit where some guys actually consider and end up coming here, you know, so. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely important. You win conference championships in May, you know, as, as the saying goes. Um, you're, you, you win your football games in the spring. And, I mean, that's how important recruiting is. And even more so now where we live in this world where, it's a one and done or a two years and done when you get a hold of someone who's, you know, at that level and they're that good, they're going to go pro as soon as they can anyway. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, he, it's been, I've been most impressed by PJ's recruiting just a couple of years in so far, much more so than his game management or even his, his schemes or anything like that. I think those things are coming along and the culture, I think, is coming along too. I know, I know, a lot of people have uh, raised eyebrows about the whole row of the boat, and I understand why. But if you've ever played football, you can at least appreciate it. You yeah. know the potential of that, the potential of that uh, culture that he's creating. If you can get the kids to buy in, but really, what he's been excellent at so far, Tanner Morgan's a great example this year again uh, was the recruiting. So, you know, I think they are trending in the right direction. 
I for any Gopher fan to be disappointed after this season, just just remember where your brain was at in October. You know, uh, this this whole ride has been kind of like the Twins again last year. The whole ride's been impossible. So just you know, we'll enjoy the bowl game, and it's fine to have higher expectations next year. But let's not be too down after after that was. Yeah, that that's kind of how I feel. You know, it sucks a little bit, but I feel the same way. I mean, for this program to go ten and two with and have their best year in literally over a hundred years, you know, it, we should still be excited about what he's doing with the program. Absolutely. Rather than focus on the negative, you know, yeah, we lost to Wisconsin. It was a big opportunity, but we also beat Penn state, you know, which was a huge win and, uh, you know, showed something by winning that game. So, um, yeah, we absolutely should focus on, you know, how good the year was and compared to what we're used to. And like you said, maybe have higher expectations next year, but nobody, I mean, I expected them to do well, but I think most people, uh, at the start of the year would have been thrilled at the thought of going 10 and two and, uh, having a chance to play Wisconsin to go to the Big Ten Championship, which obviously happened and we lost, but I think most people would have been thrilled about that thought, you know, yeah, as they started the year. The good news is we don't have to get killed by by Ohio State today. Wisconsin gets to do that, so <laughs> it, it could have been us. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch if it's even close. I don't, I'm with you, I don't necessarily think it'll be that close, but it'll be interesting to see what happens later. Yeah, they might, Wisconsin might be able to keep it close, but um, Ohio State's just very, very good all around. They're too explosive, and that Wisconsin team, I know the weather was a factor in the game I saw, but their offense was, was good. But, I mean, their their coaching was better than their play on the, the field, and that's what won the game with Minnesota. But you can't coach your way to a, to a win against Ohio State quarter to first quarter to fourth quarter i mean that that's what i would say anyway i would, would not be shocked if it were a 52 to 17 kind of a kind of a thing yeah all right so moving on from that uh we hashed that out pretty good i think uh what were your thoughts on the viking seahawk game that game i did get to watch and you know it sucks we couldn't quite pull it out we made a nice comeback and made it interesting and uh you know put up a tough in or put up a extremely tough fight on the road in seattle you know i still think most fans would like a big time road win um you know i know we beat dallas in dallas although they're kind of falling off again now too but um it would have been a big win you know it's Part of me doesn't want to get too disappointed. They couldn't quite pull it out because they did put up the fight they did. But at the same time, eventually, you know, you need to prove you can win those games. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the game, Scott? Yeah, I wouldn't be disappointed because I believe, it's my opinion, but I think the Vikings are the second best team in the NFC behind San Francisco. They're not better than the 49ers, but they're better than anybody else. But that's that's how thin the margin is again this year in the nfl they could they, they could and arguably should be in the conference championship game with the 49ers at the end of the year but they could also miss the playoffs entirely so that that room in the middle is i mean whatever the whatever the problem is lives in that space in the middle and some of it's coaching 
and some of its play on the field. Um, their pass defense is, is, again, questionable and has been for the second half of the season at least. Again, Xavier Rhodes with a really tough game, and uh, watching him pretty closely on that game in Seattle, I don't think it's for lack of effort. Um, there's just something going on with him that he's just it's he's playing like he's lost a step or he's playing like, honestly, what he looks like to me is a player who took a year off. I know he didn't, but he's got that he's got that discombobulated feel to you know he's not far off, but he's definitely far enough off to be exploited in the passing game by NFL quarterbacks, and everyone's going to point to that that one big touchdown pass he gave up in coverage, but I'm not sure if that was even his worst his worst coverage um, of the night. That was the one that stuck out because it was a touchdown. But uh, so there are there are question marks um, personally, and this is just my humble opinion. I didn't like seeing Delvin Cook sitting there. It turns out he is. It turns out it's a bruised sternum, I think, or something that reaggravates easily. But that game, uh, you can't say it was like a playoff game, but that was a pretty important game for the Vikings when it comes to playoff seeding, at the very least. Yep. And my opinion about this is, if you're healthy enough to start the next game, you're healthy enough to finish an important game like that. So I, my hope is that the coaches benched him. And, uh, you know, after he got hurt, we all had that heart attack when Diggs and Cook were down on the same play. Right. You know, here's the, the end of the season happening right now. But Diggs turned out to be fine, which was amazing if you saw the replay. It looked like, you know, MCL, ACL, something like that for sure. But he's okay. But then uh, Cook is sitting on the, the bench there. And he's not in the locker room. He's not the, under the tents or anything. He's just so... Um, not questioning the man's toughness, and he's one of the best football players in the game right now. But I, if if it was a coaching decision, I don't know why. You know, and granted, uh, you know, would he have made a difference in the game? Well, at the very least, Seattle has to plan for him. They have to they have to account for him. With Delvin Cook out of the game for the rest of the game, they could focus on getting pressure on Cousins, yeah. and I think it did play a part in in the loss a little bit. You know, to to whatever extent might be argued with but yeah. stuff like i mean that it, it rubbed me the wrong way and i i know it's probably an unpopular thing to say but this is i mean this is when the football actually matters you know this is you gotta plan that game if you can at all yeah i'm still pretty confident they'll make the playoffs you know we control our own destiny at this point because we have teams chasing us that are closing the gap a little bit but you know we have detroit sunday you know you better come out and win that game <laughs> If not, then I have no idea what to think. But, you know, you're 14-point favorites last I checked. So you're a favorite big. Then you also, of course, play the Chargers the week after. And then you finish with Green Bay and Chicago. And honestly, I still think we'll at the least win three of the last four, personally, with a chance to win all four. And I think even if you win three out of four, you know, they'll still be in good position to make the playoffs. Now, if they go two and two, that's when it starts to get a little sketchy, I think. Well, see, it's tough because uh, we've seen all the different Vikings teams this year. We've seen the first half of the Broncos game. We've seen the whole of the Cowboys game. We saw the first game of the year against Atlanta, where it looked like they were going to score a thousand points. But I mean, that—that's those are scary moments. Like that Bronco first half is a scary moment because San Diego has Philip Rivers. You know, yep. the Broncos didn't even have that level of a quarterback. Uh, Detroit is better than 
you know, they, they, they it, I'm not saying they're going to lose that one. That's probably the softest of the, the four remaining games because that's at home. San Diego, I think, is on the road. In but, L.A., yeah. Yeah, so, um, and the question is, does that Seattle team that we just played, does the Vikings game against Seattle beat Green Bay? This is probably going to come down to to that, that Packer game, and the Vikings are honestly a much better team wall-to-wall wall wall than the Packers are, but it doesn't really matter because the margin is so thin. So we could go 4-0, and but I could see us going 1-3, and too. So I don't know which – you know, it's just a matter of – it's almost like uh, – you know which universe you show up in. It's like who's which team is going to show up, and and you deal with it as it comes. It's a very the, the NFL this year I found as difficult to predict as any time. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. So the parity there is quite a bit. So um, they're scary because they're so talented, but they're also so inconsistent. The Vikings. Yep. I mean, they. the other thing they have going for them, which, again, is part, it's not the only reason, but it's part of the reason I think they'll win at least three, if not all four. You know, we have three of the last four at home, and we've been a good home team. Haven't lost at home yet, you know, so we do have that going for us. Um, you know, granted, we have a couple divisional games now. Well, all three that are home or divisional games. Uh, so we'll see how we do in those. But they have been a very good home team. So that's part they have, They're going to have to win on the road, though. Like, they're going to have to win that playoff game on the road, be it Seattle or wherever it is. Possibly you know, Green Bay. Yeah, possibly Green Bay. So that's the, the thing that bugged me the most about the Seattle game is it would have been nice to, to beat that caliber of team in their place because you're not going to play in a tougher place than Seattle probably. So – that would have been nice, but just to get into the playoffs, yeah, it does help that um, we're we're at home for three of the next four. I'm not taking anything for granted. You yeah. know, I, I stand by that they're one of the four best teams in the NFL, and I don't know about, you know, San Francisco once you get there, but I, I'm taking it one game at a time because, it, I mean, that doesn't matter how good you are almost anymore right. in the NFL. It's just about what happens on the field that particular week. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. Um, I'm not taking it for granted either. I just, you know, like to do my predictions and stuff as part of this. So I'm just, you know, if I had to predict now, like I said, I think they win at least three. But I'm definitely not taking it for granted either. So, um, but, you know, they'll have to start tomorrow against Detroit and, you know, hopefully come out and get off to a strong start um, against the team, you know, they should beat pretty you know, you'd think I mean, you could beat should. them fairly soundly, especially with Stafford out. But they should win all four, especially since Green Bay is at home. Um, they they really could go four and zero. I, I have no problem speculating about that. But there are those, you know, I, would I take it to Vegas because of those those moments, the, the Broncos' first half, and um, they're they're so good, and yet they're you know uh, you, you can't do that if they're playing Green Bay that week that they're playing the, the Broncos, they're done, you know, because Aaron Rodgers and um, Chicago's no good. Detroit's no good. I mean, the Vikings really are um, on top of the NFC North by quite a margin. It's just no one notices because the Vikings can't close out these these close games or they fall flat on the road or something happens where they should be a, you know, by rights, they should be an 11-2 football team or 11-12-2 and football team at this point, I, I think. Yeah. 
So we'll see what happens, though, man. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's all about what shows up on Sunday. So you're right. you got to start with Detroit. And if we lose that game, I'm not saying you get the lifeboats out, but I wouldn't know how to analyze that because if you're going to make a run in the playoffs and you're that good, you should not be losing that game. Sunday. Yeah, exactly. And that's how I feel. Like like I said earlier, if they found find a way to lose that game, which they better not, but if they do, I have no idea how I'm – gonna feel after that one or yeah not facing a quarterback they're facing you know while Detroit in general you shouldn't lose to a three-win team at home if you want to do anything in the playoffs but that's the softest quarterback for the rest of the year until the playoffs by far and even more so than Trubisky if he plays when the the Vikes play him yeah, yeah. so gotta gotta win that I mean if you're if you have I think my, my bar, for as good as this team is, is the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. I don't know what happens in that game. If you win, fine. But um, this team is way too good to go one and done in the playoffs again this year. Oh, I agree. Yep. They just have no – there's no reassurance of that, the way they're, they're playing, you know, because they're so inconsistent. Yeah, I agree. It would be – regardless of how the rest of the year goes, if they lose the first round of the playoffs – with how good of a team they have roster-wise, I'd be pretty disappointed at, at the end of the year. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like the, the Gophers are, you know, it's good enough this year. But the Vikings have been here, done that a couple of times now. You know, they got to get to that next level. And that next level is playing for the Super Bowl, you know, game away from the Super Bowl. Right. After that, who knows? But we'll see what happens. And, and then there's those moments like, you know, suppose Diggs and Cook did go down on the same play. Mm-hmm. You know, your entire season can turn on a dime like that. So, I guess we just kind of have to see what happens. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, I think that's uh, pretty good for today, Scott. Uh, I still have to get to my pick segment here. Um, but thanks, as always, for coming on. Um, and uh, we'll talk again in the near future, I'm sure. So. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Have a good one. Yep. All right, I'm going to get out of Facebook Live just for a minute while I get the pick segment ready, and then I'll resume. About ready? Noah? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, hold on. All right, welcome back to Digs and Distance. Uh, we're about to do the pick segment now. Um, all right, so I'm going to get Colton on the phone, and then I got Noah here too, and we'll do our picks. Um, so. area 
we need you to dial both the area code and phone number so we can complete your call. Hey Colton, how's it going? All right, all right. So just to recap our picks, um, last week we all ended up with one. Uh, I got the 49ers covering against the Ravens, and you and Noah got the Seahawks covering against the Vikings. So now uh, Noah sits at ten, I sit at ten, and you have twelve coming into yeah. this week so all right and the first game this week we got the ravens at the bills and the ravens are favored by seven at on the road um so why don't we start with you on this one colton who you got you're taking the ravens to cover okay mm -hmm. yep I'm also going to go with Baltimore on the road to cover. I know Buffalo has got a pretty good team this year, too, but Baltimore is the best team in the AFC right now. I think they have a good chance to go to the Super Bowl, personally, in the AFC. And, um, so I'm also going to go with them to cover. Noam, what are you going with? Uh, I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to also pick the Ravens. Okay. Ravens to cover across the board. Then we got uh, the 49ers at the Saints. Uh, Saints are favored by three points. Um, I am going to go with the Saints to cover. Um, I think it'll be a good game, uh, but I think the Saints will win more like by more like a touchdown or 10 points somewhere in there. So I'm going to go with the Saints to cover. How about you, Colton? I think I'm going to agree with you on that one. I'm going with the Saints to cover, and it should be a very good game. It'll probably be close. Yeah. Both, team, both teams are very good. Noah, what do you got? Um, I'm going to go with the uh, 49ers as the underdog. Okay. Um, personally, I think they're going to be able to um, come through and beat the Saints. So just to cover, or are you going... So for double for double the points. Noah's going with the 49ers to win by one. All right. So he's gonna try to get the double on that. Um then by taking the underdog. Then we got Kansas City at New England. Patriots are favored by four. Earlier in the year I would have, you know, thought it would be a good game. It still might be, but Kansas City is been a little more inconsistent than I expected as of late. Um, so I'm going to go with the Patriots to cover. How about you, Colton? I am going with Kansas City. I don't know about the Patriots offense. They don't look too good. All right. So are you going with the Chiefs to cover or Chiefs to win for double the points? I am not going to go for double the points. Okay. I'm going to take the 
Okay. How about you, Noah? Um, I'm going to agree with you, Eli. I'm going to go with the uh, Patriots to cover. Okay, so Noah and I take the Patriots to cover. Colton's going with the Chiefs for double the points. And lastly, we added a fourth game this week just because. And we got the... Um, hold on one second. I got to start a new page here, too. Ran out of space for picks after the last few weeks. Uh, but we got the Lions at the Vikings with the Vikings favored by 14. We'll start with you on this one, Colton. What are you thinking? Okay, so you're going with the Vikings to cover? Yep. This one I've gone back and forth on a little bit. Just obviously I think the Vikings will win, but 14 points is a lot in the NFL, regardless of who you're playing. Um, But I am going to put faith in my team, and I'm also going to go with the Vikings to cover. So, Noah, what are you going with? Um, So, I was thinking that the Vikings will win. Um, I have no doubt about that. But I'm not sure if they're going to win by 14 points, so I'm going to go with the Lions to cover. So, Noah with the Lions to cover. Okay. So, this should be an interesting week. Um, And uh, that wraps up the picks. Uh, you got anything to add at all, Colton? No, I don't. All right. But how about that uh, Cowboys game? What do you think about that, Noah and Elijah? Uh, hold on one second. He actually just left the room, so hold on one second. Noah? Yep. He was wondering what we thought about the Cowboy game. Uh, who are the Cowboys facing? Uh, the, so that was the, um, no, that was, uh, the Bill or no, the Bears game. Sorry. They, uh, lost to the Bears 31 to 24, I believe it was, um, yeah, they lost to the Bears 31-24, to so he was just wondering what our thoughts were. Um, well, personally, the Bears have struggled a lot, I know, the last, uh, this year, but they're not, um, they're not an absolutely, like, horrible team. They still have a couple, uh, couple good things in their team. So, I mean, I wasn't too surprised, I guess. Um, I hadn't really looked at the game beforehand, so... I guess I can't put too much uh, input. Okay, yeah, and I didn't watch the end. You know, I saw a a good chunk of it when Chicago built a pretty good lead. Um, I went to bed, though, before Dallas started making it a comeback and ended up making it a close game. Uh, Chicago, no doubt, outplayed them, you know, from everything I saw. 
Um, I still am not wor- that worried about Chicago personally. I know they're playing better. I know Trubisky has been playing a lot better, but uh, for the Vikings, as I said before, they still control their own destiny. I still think we'll beat them when they come to Minnesota. So I'm not too worried about them, but they definitely put together a good game. No doubt about it. You know, I am actually very shocked on how good Trubisky has been the past two games. And the reason why I say two is because he hasn't really been good all season, if you think about it. They still got a really good defense, no doubt about that. They still got Cleo Mack, which is basically their whole defense. Their defense is pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. So what did you think of it? It it was a good game, and I wasn't too shocked that the Cowboys lost. I kind of figured that the the Bears were going to win. And it was a very good game towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, they must, obviously they made a game out of it. I woke up and I'm like, oh, wow, they actually made it a close finish. But uh, obviously um, Chicago still hung on to win. So I think that's, uh, what's that? Who do you think is going to win that division for the Cowboys (laughs) in their division? Because, matter of fact, all the teams in there aren't good. The only two are probably the Eagles and Cowboys. And I'm going to go. At, at this point. Oops. Right. Yeah, at this point, I'm going to go Philadelphia just because. But yeah, that that division is pretty terrible at this point. Uh, somebody's yeah. got to win it, though. So I'm just going to guess Philadelphia. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, thanks as always, Colton and Noah, uh, for coming on, um, for our pick segment. We'll talk again next week. So have a good day, Colton. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Thanks. All right, thanks again for everybody that listened, whether it was on Facebook Live or Anchor um, or Spotify later. Thanks for listening to Digs and Distance. Have a great day and God bless. Where are my shoes? Alright, sorry about that uh, brief thing. I was looking for my shoes and I forgot I was still recording on Anchor. So, anyway, thanks for everybody that listened. Have a great day and God bless.